boys welcome back to episode 27 of the booth review podcast we have an electric episode for you today not only because of the topics we're talking about but because of the amount of people that we actually have recording this podcast it is unprecedented here at tbr sports for us to have so many people in one podcast we're going to go around and i'm just going to introduce the boys real quick and then we'll get going first and it's i don't even know i'm at a loss for words carp you haven't been on a podcast in like two months but carp's here carp how are you I am definitely infected with the coronavirus, um, but you know, like they say, unless your health is compromised, which I had heart surgery, so you know, I am compromised. But I'm gonna just keep fighting, um, and and while I fight, I'm gonna keep everyone in mind because this isn't like something that like I need. For me, I know that there's people out there that are looking for people that have this, like, as influences. So, you're an inspiration to us all, buddy. <laughs> Thank oh. you for that. I know that was probably hard for you <coughs> to step up to the plate like that. <coughs> Thank you. All right, next on the docket, we've got our main man, Seth Hellman, who has been. Just tearing it up in the world of TBR podcast recently. Fan favorite. Yeah. He brings a lot to uh, a lot to the table, and we're glad to have him back. Seth, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I would just like to point out that cough at the end right there from Carp. That wasn't Corona. That was just because he walked up the stairs, so he's really out of breath. You know, <laughs> that's how we always know that Carp's alive when you hear him breathing real heavy. That's how you know Carp's around. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. We're uh, we're getting used to Zoom classes. You know, it's great. <laughs> I uh, I played. 2k throughout the entirety of my lecture on tuesday morning which was nice i didn't have to you know like have my camera on or anything so we're we're, we're grinding it out nice nice well we're glad you're here we're glad to talk some corona with you up next the man who is never missing from a podcast ever fonzie what's up bud love the jersey love the enthusiasm all well, you know you know it's a little depressing right now we got nothing to watch but the tbr march madness tournament I mean, it's great to see a couple of teams going at it hard. Dayton was eliminated. A couple of people are disappointed by that. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I'm happy to still be breathing. My prayers go out to the uh, Carpentier <laughs> family. Uh, th- their son, Robbie, has has the corona, as they say. Or as some may call it, the China flu. And, um, you know, best wishes to you, man. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that quick plug. TBR March Madness Tournament Simulation is heating up. The round of 32 was just finished last night. So go and check the Instagram for that and uh, check the Twitch. We're going to be streaming the Elite Eight, Final Four, and uh, National Championship. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Thank you, Fonzie, for the plug. And last and least, we've got Chase Stafford. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the reason why I say least is because this man has not been on a podcast since October. So, uh, d- how are you? I was muted. Um, By me. Yeah, I know. I saw. So, thank you for that. I'm happy. I'm happy to be back. It's been a lot, like six months, right? So, yes, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, so it's been a long time. Excited to be back. I think Matt is really going to try to convince everybody that Robbie actually has the coronavirus. 
we keep speaking about it. But hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey! Send your prayers, damn it! Send Jesus. your prayers. Jesus, like the my pillow guy. The <laughs> 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 so one. Right, you just call someone else a little guy. No. What else? Are you kidding me? I call Who's him the my pillow guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does Fonz have a my pillow? No. no. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so, so I don't know if I'm you know this, lost. but President Trump's ratings are huge. I mean, these are just massive ratings yeah. right now. Yeah. He's getting Monday night football and bachelor finale type ratings. So, so, and so, obviously you're not watching. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you know this about me. He had the um, my pillow guy come up and oh, talk man. about how they're helping with like, their factories and making wow. masks and different types of things. Um, and one of the things he said was like thoughts and prayers, a lot of praying, a lot of finding God. And so Fonz was saying that. Therefore, I said, oh, like the my pillow guy. Okay. Then you said, oh, did you just call somebody else the little guy? Yeah, and, like, because what, all like, I heard the, was the what the hell was that? Pillow. The only thing I heard was the Ellen pillow. Dude, if there so wasn't social distancing, my face would so be hitting your face right now. Like, mm, headbutt. <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah. know if you know this about me, but uh, is... I don't care about politics, so I don't I don't pay attention. Oh, when, no, but you don't have president. to care about politics. He's got huge ratings. Huge. Well, of course he's got huge ratings. People want to know this what the White House is doing about coronavirus. Nothing compared to Obama's ratings during Ebola. Nothing. Okay, what did you do? Did you catch more people watching him on TV than Obama did? Who cares? All right, Who let's cares? watch it back. <laughs> Thank you all for the <coughs> Jesus Carp. Thank you all for uh, introducing yourselves. Obviously, everyone who listens to the podcast knows you already, but it's cool that all five of us are here. I'm doing well, by the way. Thanks for thanks for asking. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to get this going. Uh, uh, my fear when uh, when the coronavirus came out was that we weren't going to have a lot to talk about, but I was wrong. We do have a lot to talk about because the coronavirus has evolved from a, a meme and a joke to like the biggest pandemic in U.S. history. So uh, before we dive into all of that, let's just uh, I just want to talk about like the social distancing real quick. Like I have a question. Is it like serious? Um, what, I, is, is it a serious question? Should, I don't should know. You're the one that's like, asking the question. I mean, like, like how serious about? should I be taking it? Because I'm not getting a ton of directions. Oh. Should I never leave the house? Is that like, or can I no. leave the house and stay six feet? You can leave the house. Just stay six feet away from people, bro. Yeah. So that's listen. I'm the other, Brendan, the just ask the, people, ask the people of Fort Sewell. Yeah, I was just going to say. The other day, Chase, me, Cam, and Chase were out and about. Uh, we wanted to get some fresh air. Uh, we've been stuck inside the house for a month straight. So we wanted to go out and get some fresh air. It was sunset. Uh, beautiful town right on the water that we live in. We wanted to go watch the sunset. So that's exactly what we did. As we're walking to go watch the sunset, these two women are lying perpendicular so but yeah, they're lying perpendicular to each other on this like weird little platform by the by this like mini beach. And we and they're six feet apart. <laughs> they're observing social distancing. We walk past them and we were probably what? Four feet apart. Four feet away from we, each other. We were. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? 
we weren't on top of each other. That's the moral of the story. We weren't like holding hands, hugging each other, like dapping each other up. We were a good distance apart. Three of us walking on like this sidewalk. And I think one of us was on the road because the sidewalk isn't obviously like 10 feet. So we walk past them and these two women go, six feet, guys. And we thought they were joking. So we started laughing. We're like, ha ha. Yeah. And then, no, don't take it from here. Let me, let me finish the story. They're like six feet, guys. And I thought they were joking. Chase thought they were joking. Cam thought they were joking. So we're like, ha, 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 yeah. And they're like, I'm serious. Six feet apart. Let's go. And we were like, okay. And they're like, six feet. Spread it out. Let's go. And it was like, I I hadn't dealt with anything like that before. Someone like actually, a, a citizen publicly reprimanding me for not being six feet apart from someone. But yeah, go ahead. I know you yeah. want to jump in. I'll take you from here. Well, okay, look, you know, the, the people that are most at risk um, are the people that are elderly, people that have compromised health and immune system, obviously. Robert. So I hey. want to say, yeah, well, look, but what, 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 what I'm finding very interesting is that the people that are like enforcing and really abiding by these like social distancing rules and like uh, suggestions from the government are actually not the elderly. My grandmother said to me the other day, Robbie, if I die, I die, uh, you know, and then my grandfather told me that he lived through all the diseases. That was his exact line. I've been through all the diseases. I've had all the diseases. Coronavirus isn't it. And then he said, I'm also on overtime. I don't know what that means, but I think that's because he's 80 and the average life expectancy is like 78. So he thinks he's already lived it. But his my my grandparents whole theory is like, if I can't see my family, if I can't be amongst people, then I'm already dead. That was my grandmother's line. Like, I'm not going to stop seeing my family. And I don't think she understands the severity of the situation. But at the same time, she doesn't want to I'll use that same word again, compromise her own lifestyle because of a disease. And in her and in her mind, it's worse not to see family and friends and not be amongst people. And the other biggest impact isn't necessarily the people. It's small business. Small businesses never are going to recover. Literally, you're going to see my prediction is 60 to 70 percent of small businesses will shut their doors and never open them up again. That's, that's a, why that's, it's so important to order takeout. Like if yeah. you're thinking about eating, you don't know what you want to have for dinner, like order takeout because support that helps local business. Support it's local like the business. same thing that's happening with my grandpa because he owns an oil. He owns like an oil company up here in New Hampshire. And so they're BP? like, hmm? he owns BP. Does he own BP? No, he does not. Oh, right. he owns Stafford oil. As a matter of fact, but oh, that's so, your last I name. Cause it's your, Yeah. <laughs> So they're going through a lot of that stuff right now. Like I was driving up to New Hampshire today and we like, we went by one of their, one of their uh, stations and the gas was like one ninety a gallon when it's up normally like two two fifty up here and diesel's like two fifty. They're talking about, like my dad was saying, they're talking about getting like small business loans and everything right now. Mm-hmm. So they're just like going, they're going through a ton of stuff right now and just like not even sure if they can keep like Listen, here's- everybody or anything like that here's my thing with the whole with the whole coronavirus social distancing thing i don't think that like 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 locking yourself inside your house and never coming out is going to solve the problem i really don't 
And uh, like there's people out and about in the town that we live in like all the time. It just doesn't seem like people are kind of observing it. I don't think that like shutting down life and like stocking up on on processed foods and like preparing for like the end of the world is going to help this this pandemic come to an end at all. It's like Seth said, I really think that like supporting local business is so key, like going about your life as normally as you can is so key because this isn't going to end anytime soon. We have haven't hit our peak as a country yet they're canceling events in june and july and like school has been canceled for the year and it's it's april 2nd like this is not going to end with at by the end of the week so as long as you can stay active and stay in that normal routine as long as you can then you're not going to a bore yourself to death and b the this situation isn't going to get any better if you if you've already resorted to staying in your house cuz you've got like 3 or 4 more months of this so i agree with seth i think that it's key to order takeout from local businesses and keep going about your daily routines as best as you can and i will say too like you do need to take it seriously right like people are actually dying from it like obviously it's not like like more people die from like a lot of other diseases than Corona, but it's also just super contagious. So like you do have to be careful, but at the same time I'm flying to LA next week. So like, I'm not taking it that super For like $35. Oh my God, gonna die. It, it, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not in a, it's not an expensive flight, but so it's like, you know, theoretically too, like, if you could literally enforce every single American staying in their house for the next two weeks and make sure that people had food and like businesses weren't going to just like implode, the virus would go away completely, right? Because like think about it, Donovan Mitchell got diagnosed with Corona, Rudy Gobert got diagnosed with Corona, and granted those are like professional athletes, so they've got like hyper, super amazing bodies and stuff that can fight diseases. They were over it in two weeks, right? And that's what and we Donovan Mitchell like did not have, have symptoms. It. And Donovan Mitchell, exactly, he didn't even have symptoms. So we're hearing that they get over it in like two weeks. So if you could keep everyone inside for two weeks, then nobody would have any symptoms anymore. No one would have it, and then you'd be fine. But you just can't mandate that. So the point is, like, if you stay as far away from people as much as possible and you can limit the spread, then like it'll be better. But there's also the extra issue of the whole reason why they're trying to limit the spread is I don't know if you guys have seen like the, the curves or whatever they're trying to stop it from hitting the point where like we overload the healthcare system. But that line is so low as to where the healthcare system gets overloaded. That's the issue because no one prepared for this because our healthcare is terrible. Like we, like we have one of the, like, think about it. We're one of the most advanced countries in the world. And we're freaking out because a million, a million people, right? So like, that's a lot of people, but think about that in context of the United States. That's literally a third of the percent of the population. And we are overloading hospitals right now. That's insanity. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, Seth, but I also think that there's a percentage of the population that may have the sniffles, may have a cough right. and are are, you know, freaking out and saying, oh my God, I have the coronavirus. And now you go to the hospital, you waste resources, you put a burden on our healthcare system, like you said, that's already fragile. And when you're there now, that's medical attention that could be going to actually fighting the disease. The second thing is also, yeah, you may not have had it, but now you go to the hospital, you're in the coronavirus waiting room. Yeah, guess what? Now you have it. My mom got a phone call today. She was in, uh, she went to Dana-Farber a week ago for a breast cancer uh, checkup, uh, like a routine thing. 
just a checkup. And we get a phone call today saying that she was exposed to the coronavirus because one of the nurses had it and she was exposed to it because of somebody in a waiting room that didn't have it ended up getting it. And they called each other to let them know that they were exposed. It's like a chain thing. And that's like, all right, if you get the sniffles, stay inside. There's no place to be anyways. But don't start thinking like, oh, my God, I'm terminally ill and you got to go to the hospital because like you said, it's serious. But if you're healthy and within the 95 percent gap that is, you know, between 18 years old or eight years old, even to 55, 60 years old and healthy, you're fine. You know what I mean? There's no reason. Take some orange juice, sit in your bed for two weeks and you're going to be all right. Right, but the, my point, biggest... my point too is like that's a million people is literally like that's not even one percent of the population, and we can't even sustain that. So like the, my my point is is that we should have a good enough like hospital system that even if we were prepared for this situation, that we should have extra overload because we know there's going to be people that are going to freak out when they don't have any reason to freak out. We should be able to handle, um, like, and obviously there's going to be, like, Jersey's got a lot more cases than, like, yep, in Texas New York or City. something, yep, yep. right? Yeah, but also those are densely populated areas, so they should have extra hospitals because they know that they're densely populated, so that they're in a situation where a lot of people right. need medical attention. We shouldn't, attention. Be, we shouldn't be building, you know, tents to act as hospitals in Central Park. Yeah, I know people. I, there are students in classes that their parents are doctors that are literally working out of tents in parking lots right now because they <laughs> right. don't have room. And my neighbor is a retired doctor, and his wife is a retired doctor, and they've both been called in. They're in. They're yeah, working. They don't have to be working, but they're there because they're that overloaded. You know what I mean? And and I don't want to get this conversation like too in depth, but at the same time, I think that there's issues like. We have to understand that this can't be like a political um, argument. Like people are turning this into like, right. all right, is it the right's fault, you know, in Trump and conservatism? Or if we had gone with the, like a leftist strategy with healthcare, could it have been solved and all this? And I think that it's awful for people to make it like a political stand. It isn't. It well, really this isn't. It's it's not political. It's it's a infrastructure <laughs> failure. This isn't a right. This shouldn't turn into a ploy for people to be saying, "Oh, we need to have universal health care," or "Oh, you know, universal health care isn't the solution." This should and, be, "We need more capacity in our hospitals." It's, mm-hmm. Like that's the and issue. I will say, like as my last point is that the the private sector of the United States has done an outstanding job, an outstanding job. They usually the government in situations where it needs help, whether it be in wartime, usually where, okay, we'll go to General Motors and say, all right, stop making, you know, F-150s and start building tanks. You know what I'm saying? But right now, companies are forfeiting their own profit margins in order to produce, you know, hospital gowns, hospital masks, things like that. You see Robert Kraft flying in masks today. You, know yeah, you see saying? the MLP, you see a guy right. like um, Stephen Marbury, who's literally spending his own money to get 10 million masks sent to New York City. That's exactly. insane. Exactly. And and I think that the private sector and people like that should be rewarded. Mark Cuban, obviously, you know, everybody knows him from Shark Tank. But one of his things that he said that I think will resonate with a lot of people, businesses will be defined, big businesses and the private sector will be defined for the next 10 years by how they acted during this crisis. 
Right. Right. Obviously, you're going to want to reward and help companies that helped you and helped the country in this time. So I think that that's another um, incentive for companies to be helping the American population right now. Talking about 10 years ahead in the future, this has kind of been a big topic of conversation, especially my dad, uh, they're like, he works for AIG, <laughs> their, their like corporate physician is also the physician for the Houston Rockets, and he was on the phone with him today, and he's predicting, and I guess a lot of people on TV are too, that like, it, there really isn't a, a scenario that you can point to for with a precedent for this situation where everything in the world is shut down. All the major sports leagues, like, like the, all the TV shows, like they've, they've stopped recording shows, they've stopped recording movies. All the restaurants are shut down, stores, major chains, small businesses, everything's on hold. There's no situation that you can point to and say, well, this happened here and this is how the outcome, or this is what the outcome was. This guy and a bunch of people are predicting that Life in the United States will never, ever go back to normal. And he thinks Obviously. that he thinks that we're going to start living in a society where people are going out and wearing masks and gloves everywhere they go and that you're not going to gather in big crowds anymore. And I don't I don't necessarily subscribe I to don't that. See that. Yeah. I don't see that. But I mean, it's definitely a possibility that people are going to be so freaked out by the spread of another major virus like this, that they're going right. to, you know, protect their hands and protect their mouth or whatever. But so it definitely, you're gonna have, you're it gonna definitely have you know, ra- you're going to have some people like that. It definitely raises a question, though, like what what is going to happen? Because I, I don't see life going back to normal ever again. Obviously, the, the healthcare outlook of this country is going to change drastically after something like this happens. Right. So sports, but, sp- sports has only been affected. Like, obviously, we're TBR sports, so we should bring sports into this. But mm-hmm. sports has only been affected like this once. And that was World War Two. Right. A yeah. lot of like and obviously, like there were certain you know, leagues that stayed up in certain aspects. My junior research paper. Yep. Um, But yeah, like during World War II, a lot of the leagues had to be shut down. You know, Major League Baseball, a lot of the big name players, you know, went over and, you know, fought overseas and like fought in the wars. Wait, I thought Um, thought you wrote your JRP on the Black Sox. No, Ted Williams. Or not Ted Williams, but World War II baseball. Okay, never mind. Continue. Yeah, Yeah, so... (laughs) <laughs> from from that sense, we've seen it a little bit before, but as far as as far as life returning back to normal, like once it goes away, I think the only effect we're gonna see is just people being a little bit more hygienic, which really isn't bad. That sh- that like it, people are gonna be like, oh, life's so different now, but like life should have been this way anyway. Like people should like. Don't well, not this on, way, but sure. right, right, right. But uh, like, not this way is in like people staying inside and not being able to like go to sporting events. I mean, people like making sure that they wash their hands properly and not coughing on other people and not touching your face because that's how germs and disease spread. So it's really just like people are going to start being a little bit smarter about their hygienics, and the only thing that can do is make everyone healthier. And I don't see an issue with that. All right, so transitioning into you touched on sports a little bit. This is TBR Sports, so we're going to bring it back. One of the biggest questions right now is is when are these sports leagues going to like come back? Are they going to come back for this season? Because, you know, it was unfortunate timing right as NHL and NBA playoffs were heating up. Uh, the the leagues get indefinitely suspended. What is the uh, what is the expected or predicted outlook for for you guys as to what the NHL and the NBA are going to do 
when they're going to do it. Are they just going to completely suspend the season and start fresh next year? Are they going to try and do like an, an abbreviated playoff in the summer? Um, yeah. So, so let's go ahead. I, I, I recently saw like um, a score reported that the NBA was looking at like a whole, like, you know, they do the summer league all in Vegas and all those different areas for the playoffs. They were saying they're going to do just the playoffs, all the teams in Vegas as like a quarantined NBA, like playoffs. It's going to be a lot harder to do that with hockey. Mm-hmm. I feel like with basketball, it's a lot simpler. You need two hoops, a court. For hockey, you've got all the ice. It's a longer game in my eyes. I feel like basketball really doesn't take long. It's four 12-minute quarters. Hockey's a long game. Hockey's seven-game series. That guys get beat up, hit bad, and I just don't think hockey's going to even come back until at least next season. I feel like the season's pretty much over. They'll give out the President's Trophy. They'll give out all those awards, but... There's going to be no Stanley Cup champion for the 2019-2020 season. The NBA has a better chance of coming back, and I say that they do do a playoffs based on the current team standings because there really wasn't that much time left anyway. So if anything comes back, it's not going to be hockey. It's going to be basketball, and it's going to be a, a summer league type thing where they're all in one place playing all their games. Uh, I disagree. I think the NHL is a better chance coming back than the NBA just because more <laughs> NBA players were affected and more NBA personnel were affected with the coronavirus than the NHL that we know of. Um, I think it's going to be easier for the NHL to come back than the NBA too, just because I think the NHL was a little bit more um, ahead of the curve in terms of already throwing out playoff ideas. I haven't heard a ton from the NBA about what they're planning to do. These are all just speculations. The NHL has been holding press conferences and meetings and video conferences where they're already throwing out ideas about like an extended, um, what was it? Uh, was it a 24 team playoff format where they'd like add it more was teams something in? Wild. It, it was, was a, they, they said that they said, why don't we do a, like a final four type thing? They, they said, why don't we just start the playoffs whenever we can get back on the ice? What if we finish the regular season when we come back a delay next season? They're already throwing ideas out. The hamster wheel is constantly turning up there for them. I think the NHL is, is well on their way to coming up with a solution for this coronavirus pandemic. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But I think if if I were to be a betting man, I'd put my money on the NHL over the NBA. But I, I realistically, now that especially they're canceling um, the Open Championship and Wimbledon was canceled for the first time since World War II, I really don't see anything happening in the summer. And I think you're just going to get a fresh start next fall, if that, if we can even get back to that, which it's up in the air right now. So if if you ask me, if you're the NHL, I think you um I think you just cancel the rest of the season. Honestly, I think there's no reason to screw up the um the schedule like that because then you have to shift the entire calendar out. So unless your solution is we go later and then we go into the summer and then we cut next season down so it's not a full 82 game season and we start late and then finish on time so that the next season after that is the right schedule um because they like the NBA I don't know if they've ever canceled NBA playoffs and the NBA finals but in 1919 the cup finals was um was canceled uh, because of the Spanish flu and the outbreak of the Spanish flu. So there's a precedent in the NHL of like actually canceling the cup finals. So I don't see why you wouldn't do that just for the sake of 
you know, keeping everything normal. But now there's talk in the NBA and there's been like small whispers about it for a few years now where they are looking at shifting the schedule of the NBA and changing the way it goes. So there's a potential where they could continue the rest of the season over the summer and then they end up actually being more on track with baseball season from a calendar perspective, which I think would be interesting. Um, I don't know that I'd necessarily advocate for that, but it'd be a big it'd be a big change, right? Because like we're all used to, you know, we get baseball starting in, you know, late March, early April, and then you know, baseball goes throughout the summer and then in September we got the overlap with football and then at early October, late September, that's when basketball and hockey come in and then we've got everything going on. And so it'd be interesting to see how, you know, how this could really affect changing schedules. So I, I think it's vastly more complicated than the sports talking heads are making you think it is. I don't think that there's a possibility of... You want me to stop? Go, go ahead, I'm just leaving. Uh, <laughs> I'll yeah. be back in like two seconds. I don't think there's a possibility of the sports um, continuing because, look, the Madison Square Garden, for example, has 402 events planned in a calendar year. Let right. that sink in for a second. There's 365 days in a year. They have 402 events scheduled in a calendar year. It's very hard to tell people, okay, your event's canceled, but this event's getting rescheduled because you already rented that out. There's contracts in place, things that force companies to pay, force companies not to. Also, there's insurance involved. There's a lot of different layers to this other than just, oh, um, you know, there's been a precedent set in 1919, you know, that they cancel the finals, which obviously, like I'm saying, Seth, I'd cancel the finals too. But, um, right. but uh, well, and if you do cancel the finals, that fixes your scheduling issue, right? Because then yeah. all you have to do is worry about all the extra stuff that isn't sports and then you're and, fine. And, and like you said, why, why, why cause more issues? These are guys that don't need these issues. Like, it, it, you know, it's, it's, I would like and, to and, see one sport continue. I think there's one, maybe two sports that could be played without fans and without spectators. I think it's golf and I think it's baseball. I think so, golf and baseball, well, and tennis, but like, come on. But golf and baseball could be played without fans. And, and also, these are venues that, did you see why the Open Championship was canceled, Brendan? I know you mentioned that it was canceled. Did you see why? No, I didn't. I just saw the notification. Because of insurance. Because the RNA was going to lose if, uh, a certain amount of money that they had paid for the insurance if they had continued up until a certain date and not canceled it. Like, let's say they canceled it the week before they would ha still have to pay vendors still have to do this. The RNA is worth billions, billions. And they're worried about that. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot more than just like, All right, I want sports to be played. It, it just logistically, I don't see it happening. If they can't yeah, do I'm it in golf, they're not going to be doing it in the Madison square garden. I'm a little, I'm a little shocked worried about women got canceled. <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, you mentioned well, tennis. That seems like one sport that you could definitely play during the coronavirus epidemic <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, yeah, but it's still it's like the same thing with Robbie. I was saying about insurance. Like this is what I was going to say earlier is that everything I feel like, like obviously everybody like you, you guys are all saying like maybe a season could continue. Like obviously I know Robbie isn't, but like everything just kind of boils down to money. Like how he's how he keeps saying about Madison Square Garden has 402 events and a 365 calendar year. There's no way you can just cancel an event, maybe miss out on that money and just fill it in with another event. 
I feel like. I feel like there's just too much money. Now the sports are just way too big that there's too much money involved where you could ever just like cancel some event and just I like, feel like an event like it. Wimbledon though could could definitely go on and not take a major yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> financially. I'm also I'm less worried about the logistics and more like when you think about the hockey season, like those are grueling games, right? Like these are really physically demanding games and it's a physically demanding sport. So I'm just Especially thinking about the health of the players. You can't push it and not give them the amount of rest that they are. Like the amount of rest that they have is already really small, right? Like they play more months out of the year than they don't. So that it's it's already it's already super taxing. You can't shorten the rest. So that's why I was advocating for canceling the season. And honestly, like obviously the NBA isn't physically taxing in the same type of manner, but it's also like you do put a lot of miles on your body playing basketball. So even in a sport like basketball, I think canceling the season out like the rest of the season outright wouldn't be a terrible idea. Baseball, like you do see like a lot of guys switch from metal spikes to rubber spikes now because they're worried about what rubber or the metal spikes do to their legs. Um, so like obviously baseball is a little bit less physically taxing from a day to day basis, but they also play almost twice as many games as the NHL and the NBA do. So with baseball too, like you got to look at it and be like, okay, maybe we shorten the season as opposed to spreading it out and potentially playing World Series games close to Christmas, which would be insanity. Yeah, yeah. that's like another difficult part with it. It's I feel like it would be how you how you said like hockey and all that, how it's just grueling. I feel like it'd be physically impossible to ever concentrate a season of that sport. Like you could never sh- really, you could shorten it, but you could never have it be the same, run the same amount of games and just like end at the same amount of time that would be nearly impossible. So I feel like it's just kind of a matter of not like life or death, but I guess like either you play the whole season now or you just never do. Like, I feel like there'd be no point to just like beginning, like beginning the season, say in like four months and then just like having it continue and have like a finals. I feel like it would just be way too difficult. Well, that's what a lockout lockout is. I mean, that's happened a lot before 2013 NHL season. They started in January and ended it. Uh, in late June, like a few weeks later. I mean, it, it, it's logistically can happen and it's happened in the past, maybe not at the same capacity, but yeah. I, I think like you said earlier, the biggest issue is going to be finances and just can they fit this into a TV schedule to an arena schedule? Can you get enough viewers? Can you get enough you know, money behind this to do it? And I don't think they can. I honestly, I think if sports do come back this year, I feel like viewership might be like the smallest problem because I feel like so. Oh, many it'll be at its highest. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but I, I, I feel like honestly, though, I feel like it wouldn't be maybe as big of an impact as we all think would be. Like, obviously, there's no people going to the games, but I think since they've been gone for, say, say everything begins up in June, but there's no spectators since it's been gone for those, what, five, four months I think there'd be a lot more people watching it on TV than already do. Like maybe just in the beginning, which could help like jumpstart a little bit of revenue. But yeah, well, if like you in take the long the, run, obviously it'd be so it would just yeah, be like well, well, 20,000 people who would have been in that arena. They're all watching the game. That's yeah. 20,000 more viewers than you would have had. You got to remember this too. It's not all owned by the same people. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, there might be, like you said, jumpstart a little revenue. Okay. For who? 
You know what I mean? For ABC, <laughs> whoever's had, yeah. like, or, or in the Red Sox case, it would be for Nesson. Nesson is owned by the Red Sox, by John Henry. So in that case, it would work. But there are places where that's not the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, like, NBC Sports Boston has no tie specifically to Celtic ownership. So where's that money going? Just to NBC Sports Boston? Yeah, that'd be up. But what about... You know, other vendors that are inside the stadium that get money that way. Mm-hmm. There's companies that rely on traffic outside the stadium. That, that They're not seeing that revenue. It's only people that are already seeing revenue. The only place it would help is in privately owned TV <laughs> entities by those companies. You know what I mean? And, and I would also say, like, specifically with baseball, like, I'm always down to watch a baseball <laughs> game on TV. But I am ten times more likely to watch a baseball game in person than I am watching it on TV. Oh my! I mean, I love the Mets broadcasters, oh, yeah. but like every once in a while, it's tough for me to watch a game like on TV. And I mean, like oh, I'm, I'm one of the only people tough I to know be there. Right, but my, my point, to watch my, nine innings, day in and day out. You know what I mean? It never happens. So yeah, I get my, my point is my point is though is that like a lot of people are going to be you know, more willing to watch a game if they're actually at the game, right? Like, we can all agree there's a different atmosphere to watching a hockey game (laughs) in person than there is to watching it on TV. There's a different atmosphere to watching a baseball game in person than there is to watching it on TV. So it's, I think that viewership obviously will go up because there are going to be those people who, um, you know, to enjoy, you know, the game enough that they will watch it on TV when they can't watch it in person when they were supposed to watch it in person. But I just I don't know that it's going to be as huge of you well know, a jump. I think if we're still in this situation that we're in now, I think it would be as huge a jump because you've got there's not much to watch. You're not so right. Eliminate if we're in new episodes story. of weekly TV shows. Those are going to have to end eventually because they're not filming them. I mean, you've got me sitting here <laughs> watching um, Kings of Queen, King of Queens reruns all day, Friends reruns all day, The Office reruns. And then when I get bored of that, I'm watching daytime television. So take all those people who have nothing to watch. A, a new sporting event comes on and it's live. They're probably going to watch it. So I, I don't know. We can go back and forth with the what ifs because right. in reality, none of us know what's going to happen. There's no precedent for, for this ever happening. But I want to move past the coronavirus thing right now because we're going to be talking about the coronavirus for probably months to come. Something that just happened that we probably will still be talking about for months to come. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Fonzie, you and I recorded a podcast that we actually did. did that didn't come out, and I'm actually kind of glad that I didn't put it out because I'm glad that we have all five of us here now to talk about this. Yeah, now we got I, some opinions. This is big news. We're gonna get big, a lot big, of big. opinions. I want to start. Can I just off say with, thank God for the NFL because without oh the NFL, God. we'd still be talking about coronavirus oh right now. Oh so my God. So I want to. I mean, there's, there's so much that has been floating around. Uh, first of all, I just want to say to WTY Sports, we told you so. Uh, <laughs> Rip. That's, First thing I want to say, I've been I've been saying since the Super Bowl ended and since the topic of NHL NFL free agency started that we, that Tom Brady was going to leave the Patriots. Nobody wanted to believe us. Nobody hey, wanted. Hey, to hey. Subscribe. I said it too. I agree. I, I agreed with going. you. Matt, Matt, Matt never so I'll, I'll, I'll admit that I had my doubts. Say, to be honest, but my was that doubt was really wanted to have said. Was that something you really wanted to have said? No. What? 
Chase, I mean, you're in TBR. I said we. Well, I'm, I was saying, no, I brought up the point that Matt didn't agree with us. Matt was always saying that Tom Brady was going to stay. You did? Yes. Oh, Matt, yeah. I always said it. I, Matt, I started saying it in like December, and you were like, no, he's staying. Until, well, no, when they lost, I said, well, shit, he's not going home after this. Listen, I could have told you he was leaving after uh, the Eagles loss in the Super Bowl. Oh God! All right, all right, all right. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. So I don't, right, I don't so, know that you could have predicted so that dumb. that early, but I will say the one I did find questionable. <laughs> you know when, when Bledsoe got hurt, I knew that he was going to end up in a Tampa Bay jersey. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Like that was obvious. Oh. He did have one you. post the where it was like Bledsoe's head was smashed against another man's shoulder. I knew he was gone. I just put it out there that we were right the entire time, and we're yeah, always right. All right, we got it. We're right. Was right the whole time. All right, next. There, you big, were, it biggest, was a little far fetched when you were saying how he sold his house in Boston and bought one in Connecticut. No. How is that far fetched? No, but my point is, I'm with Brendan on this. Where's he gonna live? Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Thomas was he sold his house. He sold his house. He sold his house in Massachusetts, right, and bought one in Connecticut. So he was gonna commu- like either way, she wasn't gonna commute an hour and a half to get yeah, up to Gillette, yeah, but he yeah, wasn't gonna commute yeah, two hours yeah, to get to the Meadowlands yeah, either, and that was the closest yeah, team other yeah, than the Seth. 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 Controversy. Who sells, who sells their house on Brookline, the country club? Thank you. When they're a member of the New England, who buys a house in Connecticut and away from a college? To who build buys one house. Who enrolls who buys their one kids? in Connecticut? Who unenrolls their kids from Dexter in Massachusetts and enrolls them elsewhere? No, I unless get, they're I get moving. They did not help the why would they do that? Who were saying that he and was Seth, going to stay. Why in Connecticut? But, Seth, why? why in Connecticut? Why in Connecticut? Because his ex, I don't know if you know this, but Tom Brady was not always married to the goddess. Oh, no, I do know this. He, he was the lady from. It was Blue 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 who is by far more smoking. Have you seen her legs? Oh, but yeah. Oh, that, oh, yeah. She, Jesus, she is, I believe, a single mother right now. And I so. so I think that Tom also wanted to be seeing that son more and be involved there. So you sell for other reasons, too. But you can't overlook real estate. I understand that they own real estate all over the world. I understand that. I think some people look too much into it. But at the same time, you can't totally write it off. At the no, end of the day, he has a family. Right. You know what I mean? So I was just saying that, like, the fact that so the fact that he sold his house in Massachusetts did not look good for him, like, for people who want him to stay in Boston. But buying one in Connecticut also, like, and obviously there's the extra family matter that you brought up. But, like, the, if you buy a house in Connecticut, that's not like a sign of he's getting closer to a different team, right? Because that still doesn't put him close to an NFL franchise. Like even if he decided he was signing with the Jets of no, the Giants, which was far fetched the whole time. Him away from his right. team. Right. That was the whole point. We'll never the agree fact, on the fact that he sold it in that. Massachusetts, that made sense. But the fact that he bought one in Connecticut, that was the part where I was like why do we care that he bought one in Connecticut? Because that doesn't affect anything because, when it happens. Because I knew, when I posted that, I knew people were going to be like, oh, he's probably just going to buy another house, a bigger house in Massachusetts. Right. So I wanted to make the point clear. He was out of driving distance of the practice and the home stadium at Gillette and Foxborough. Fair enough. Anyway, 
The biggest question that is on everybody's minds right now, how is Tom Brady going to fare in Tampa Bay? I have my opinions. I'm going to stay reserved and let you guys talk for a few seconds, and then I'll come in. The biggest question is, how is Tom Brady going to do today? <laughs> how are his receivers going to do, and how are the Buccaneers going to do themselves? Have at it. Awful. They, so I don't, I don't think they're going to do good. Sorry, Seth, you can go. Snaps, Brady, snaps Brady's going to do... I think Brady's going to do fine. I don't think that team's built for Tom Brady. Like, look, they have good receivers, right? They have Chris Godwin and they have Mike Evans, right? And I think they have a decent tight end, too, don't they? Um, but break. their offensive line isn't great, and they don't really have a solid running back. So no, they neither need, did the Patriots. Right, but the, the Patriots at least had guys that he could throw to like like they didn't have a guy who you could just hand it to and have him run the ball. I mean, Sonny Michelle started to show like a little bit of being an okay running back, but he never actually like fulfilled the potential that everyone thought that he could have. Um, but they don't have a running back. They don't have a good offensive line. And what do you need when you have Tom Brady to give him time and to give him options? I, I disagree. I, I look, Seth, I think, Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time. Oh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Shut up. Shut up. Who, me or that? Yes, you. Dude, I can run faster than Tom Brady. I can. Competitor is different. Competitor is way different. Did I say the word competitor yet? Said athlete. Okay, so then why'd you go because you're I didn't about, say he's that. not the greatest athlete. What were you Tom Brady is you the talk about single athletics? greatest sportsman in the history of athletics. Different. No, it's not. Not an no, athlete. Not. That athletic. is different. No, no, no. I didn't say Michael he Jordan is a better guys, athlete. Guys, I say he was the greatest guys, athlete of all time. Guys, guys, Michael listen to what I'm saying. Oh, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Listen to what I'm he's saying. He's using athletic Hold on. I am not saying he has the greatest athletic ability. If that was true, I would have said Tom Brady has the greatest athletic ability ever. I didn't say that. He is the greatest athlete. Athlete being competitive sportsman. Okay? Meaning all sports athletes. Okay? Including golf, including Bartolo Colon. He's an athlete. Right? That was a little too far. No, it's not. At the end of the I'm day, kidding. I mean Bartolo, Robbie. So I understand. So at the I end of the day, Bartolo. when I say he's the greatest athlete of all time, I mean he's the greatest competitive sportsman ever. Nobody has been able to transform mediocre talent and make it great in the way that Tom Brady has. Plain and simple. Cough, cough, LeBron James. Watch your tongue. Oh, no. no. Are you kidding me? Watch your tongue. Let me finish. Are you kidding me? Let me finish. Seth. Tom Brady has so many times changed his game to be however the team needed it to be. Whether that be short, dip and dunk, whatever you want to call it, little passes over the slant to Edelman, Welker, guys like Shane Vereen and James White getting involved. Or when you had Randy Moss and Dion Branch, guys on the outside that you wanted to play the vertical game. Then when you had the double tight end set, when you had Hernandez and Gronk, Tom Brady has so many times changed his game to fit a team. So that's why when I say this team isn't built for Tom Brady, 
How can you say that? Tom Brady has played in so many different. That's why I hate the always oh, a system quarterback argument. What system? Show me the damn system. Because there's about eight of them. That's why the Patriots have won so many times. They'll hand the ball off 30 times a game. Then the next game, they'll throw it 50 times. Right. You know what I'm Part, saying? James White will catch 13 passes. Him the next game, you won't no see one. James White. I see, Seth. I think that at the end of the day, Tom Brady has shown that he doesn't need that much time. Remember, he has thrown the ball in under two seconds for the majority of his career. Sure, but so how much time point, do you need? Car- Car- I'm on Seth's side, but I think he's point, picking the wrong if argument. Keep, if Thank you, you keep getting hit, like eventually, like I'm not saying that Brady can't throw in under two seconds. I'm saying he's gonna get hit almost every time he throws. He's forty something years old. He's gonna get hurt eventually if he's getting hit every other throw. No question. No question is he gonna get hit. It's football, buddy. But this is a guy that has only missed one season in 20 years. How can you all of a sudden say, oh, he's injury prone? This is a guy. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm saying he's going to be if he gets hit the way he's going to. Oh, he is. Oh, my God. Dude, 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 that's what you just said. Anybody could do that. That could be your no, first my, my point, my, my point Carp, is that he's more susceptible to getting hit, right? Like, he still got hit in New England, but they at least had a better offensive line. Like, he's not going to hit, get hit no, as Patriots much. The Patriots offensive and, line was that good, dude? No, I the Patriots offensive know, line was bad. They weren't that good, but they were cheeks. good in This year and last year, terrible. Years they, prior and, to, and, and very how, good. Look at how they did this past year. Not they so made it far. farther than the Buccaneers, though. Right, but the Buccaneers mm-hmm. had a they guy had James who had almost as many interceptions. As yeah, but he led the league in touchdowns and interceptions. Don't but he led the league in touchdowns. That doesn't help. And now you can't deny. James Winston is a good quarterback. Brendan will let. Guys, if you don't think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will do better than the New England Patriots in Jared Stidham, you are crazy. Oh, well, we're not going to have Jared Stidham. So here, It better be Andy Dalton, then. Cam Newton. Carp, from oh, Ohio, God, no. I'll, I'll, I'll leave. Please. Actually, I'm going to just so you know. Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. You have the will right now. Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. From an offensive weapons standpoint, the Buccaneers are ahead of last year's New England Patriots, other than game whatever it was, two, when we had Antonio Brown. Like All day long. All like, day long, the Bucs. So the Bucs definitely have a better wide receiver core, but your tight wide end. receiver core. They have a tight end. And, and, and they have a tight end, right? Like, I'm lumping tight end into wide receiver core because he's going to be a big wide receiver, right? Yeah. Is this in the same, oh, right, is in the same sport end. where they get hit? Are you still talking okay. about football where right. get, they get hit? Your, your wide receiver core is, like, obviously talent-wise they're better, but they're only as good as your quarterback, right? So if they can key in on the wide receivers and force Tom Brady to win games, I don't know if he has the same ability to... Which like, is what they did on last year, right? Right, right. And they hurt. forced Tom Brady to beat that. However, this isn't Tom Brady and Julian Edelman. They're not taking away Julian Edelman. They're taking away Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Mike Evans. They're not taking away Julian Edelman 
Huge difference. Can we at least agree on that? Yeah. Can we agree yeah. that there's a huge difference between Julian Edelman and the three-headed dragon I just said? Yeah. Right, because it, it, it last Thank year it was just Julian Edelman. And right. so they, they definitely have better. But my point, like, they need to have a better running game, which starts <laughs> at the offense line, because if you can't block anybody, you can't run the ball, right? Like the Patriots and had Tom a Brady terrible feeds running. off play action. I understand. Yeah, so he fe- yeah, feeds off play action, and then he can't throw the ball every play, right? He has to have some level of a running game. Like, you have to give him plays off eventually, like he can't, you can't pass the ball every play. You have to have at least yeah. a mediocre running game, and they don't even have that right now. I don't think. Give me a record, Seth. What? Give me a record for the Buccaneers in 2020, 2021. And the Patriots. And the Patriots. What was their record start. last year? What? And the Patriots of Stephen Stark. Uh, and the Buccaneers missed pass- the playoffs by a and lot. And in a seventeen year. game schedule. And in a seventeen game schedule. Don't forget that. 17, 17 game schedule isn't this year. It's next year. Um, like. Um, but I would say, I think it's the next season after, I think it starts 2021. Um, at least 11 and five. I'd be shocked if they Whoa. didn't get double digits. Dude, you just shit on them. Whoa. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win wow. the Super Bowl next year. Who said they were? Seth, I thought I was on your side, and then you hit me with the 11 and 5. Dude, 11 and 5 would be a monumental jump. Monumental. It's That's only three playoff wins. bound. That's, That's three playoff wins. bound. What do you mean three, three wins? wins? In the NFC South. Seth, don't forget this. That is don't monumental. I'm pretty sure weren't the Bucks. I think they were seven and seven were, last year. I thought they were eight. And Jameis Winston. No, they were seven. They, were, they ended up seven and nine. They were seven and seven last year. Okay, then that's Jameis, my bad. Then that's and Jameis my bad. Winston, and Jameis Winston threw six picks in the last then two ten, games. Ten, ten, ten and six then. Probably six. I, I think that he can give them at least three more wins. So I would say ten and six then. I then th- that's my bad. I th- I don't get the whole argument. If he's no, three wins better than a number one draft pick, a guy with arm talent, yes, he was blind, but a guy with arm talent, if he is three wins better than a former number one pick, than a, than a, a great talent, right? If he's three wins better than him, then how can you sit there and knock Tom Brady for 12 minutes? I don't get that. I'm that doesn't add up. Tom Brady. I just think that... I think that Tom Brady at 40, what is he, 41? Is he 41 or 42? Going to be 42. Going to be 42. I think Tom Brady at 42 years old, even though I don't think, like, I'm not that terrified of Tampa Bay unless they add an extra weapon, but Tom Brady, I'd still rather have Tom Brady at 42 than Jameis Winston. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, all right. I'm going to bail in like a minute, but I will say this. Tom Brady at 42, I Seth, we can agree at that. Definitely yeah, agree on that. He's better than Jameis Brennan, Winston. They're Brennan, 100% Brennan, better off. How in the world could you sit here and say that Jameis Winston is better than Tom Brady? It doesn't make any sense to me. Listen, he's better than Tom Brady now. I think Jameis Winston had a better season than Tom Brady did last season. Tom Brady didn't throw 30 interceptions. Yeah, but he also didn't throw 30 touchdowns. He didn't lead the league in touchdowns. Well, James that's why they weren't even close to making the playoffs. I got to check out. I'll bail. I think that Garp. if the Patriots have Jared Stidham, I'm looking 500, 8 and 8. No, 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 no. I agree. I agree. Yes, I understand, Buccaneers. I think that the Bucs are 11 and 5, maybe 12 and 4. 11 and 5. Okay, goodbye. Thank you.
Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. All right, I'm going because I, I can't I can't sit here and listen to this anymore. I need to I need to just jump in. What you're failing to understand, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the single most hardest schedule in the NFL next year. That is a fact. They are playing in the hardest division in football, and they have the hardest schedule. That is a fact. The Patriots have the hardest schedule next year. No. Take a look. Take a look at the Buccaneers. Um, here, I can read you the schedule right now. Uh, I so can read at, you the schedule as well, actually. I, Thank I, you. I have it in front of me. Uh, so do I, bitch. <laughs> they are playing the Falcons, the Panthers, the Bears, the Broncos, the Lions, the Saints, the Giants, the Raiders, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Saints. The According Packers, to SportsIllustrated.com, the, the number one Rams. schedule. The number one in strength of schedule is the New England Patriots. Number two is the Jets. Number three is the Dolphins. Number four that is, is the 49ers. By, like, that's opinion-based. No, it isn't. It's based on record Isn't yours opinion-based, too? Okay, okay. Yeah. yes, that's what I'm saying. It is opinion-based. So okay. ESPN shouldn't make a list of the, the statistically hardest schedules because what if, uh, for example, the Buccaneers are playing the Falcons in the first game. That's a hard game. Let's say that Todd Gurley goes down with an injury in the first game. The Buccaneers are suddenly the favorites and their schedule isn't hard. So it's all relative. No, this based, is based on thing. last year's combined records of the teams. Okay, well, I'm talking about the, the moves the that were made in this offseason. The Falcons are a lot better next year than they were last year because of the moves they made in the offseason. They right, suck. But Todd Gurley can't carry an offense. He still oh, needs a quarterback. Oh, I disagree. Oh, he does. Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. They, he they were irrelevant he last year. Like, he they're chokes. not... Tampa Bay has got the 16th schedule. They're tied for 16th. Come on. Listen. No. The, the teams that... The Tampa Bay... Okay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, first of all, playing in the hardest division in football. It's the most competitive division in football right now, in my opinion. Based on moves made in the offseason, you have arguably three of the greatest no, quarterbacks. I don't, I don't right think that Gurley is going to be Gurley next year. He's still because if you're going to rely on Gurley for the entirety of the offense, he's going to break down the way he did in L.A. They have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. They have Matt Ryan. They could fall Calvin back on Devontae Freeman. What, what's not good about Calvin Ridley? Had an unbelievable rookie year. Yeah. that Ever heard of a sophomore slump? No, I, yeah, I haven't actually because I think I Calvin just starting to peak. <laughs> no, it, here's it, my the Buccaneers' schedule does them no favors. Can we agree on that? This isn't a light. Sure. Okay, then, then yeah, if that's the argument you want to make, then yes, I'm on board. But don't I'm, say they have the most difficult schedule. They're playing in the hardest division in football right now, and they have a very tough schedule. The quarterbacks that Tom Brady is going to have to face are are miles ahead of him right now. And I don't care if Carp wants to have this argument, Pat Mahomes versus Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers. No like, he's been outplayed by Drew Brees for the past yeah. three years. Exactly. They are miles ahead of Tom Brady right now. Yeah, they, Brendan, I completely I agree with you. Yeah, Honestly, and, and, I, to go if here, I'll let you finish and then I'll their go. schedule poses them such a threat. Tom Brady is not a good quarterback right now, in my opinion. I've been saying this for two years now. He is the most frustrating quarterback to watch. He is immobile in the pocket. Like you said, Seth, he's not going to have a lot of time. He he's can't been immobile for the past that. 20 years. He yes, can't he, run. He's 42 he runs years. like a man with one leg. You and I are saying the same thing, but you want to argue it with me for some reason. Yeah, I do. Why? He is immobile. He's more than immobile. He's basically disabled. <laughs> that was irrelevant. Okay, Brendan. No time in the pocket because their offensive line sucks. He has 
two good offensive weapons. I don't think OJ Howard's that good. He has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. These defenses, the Saints defense, the Rams defense, the Packers defense are going to lock them the fuck up. Tom Brady's going to have absolutely nobody to throw to. I see this schedule. I see some promising teams in the NFC like the Saints, like the Packers, and then the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. I see all of them on the up on the upward trajectory and I see Tom Brady on the downward trajectory and he's playing on a shitty team in Tampa Bay too. I give them not even 500 16 games this season. Fonz, I said this last time, six and 10. I really think he's going to struggle. His numbers are going to be, I still think that they're better off with, uh, with Tom Brady than they are with Jameis Winston. Do I think that Tampa Bay's built for like Tom Brady and that they're like super a threat? No, but no, but no, team is built for Tom Brady but then again this is like this season's going to be so up in the air because of everything that's happened Tom Brady has gotten progressively worse and he was getting progressively worse with a really good coach and a really good offense around him what's it going to be like when he has a bad coach I don't think Bruce Arians is a good coach when he has a bad playbook a bad coach new young players who he's not going to come with this is not going to be a good season I don't know why people are automatically assuming that oh the Bucks are going to be sick now that they have Tom Brady it's not like they added Bruce 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 Arians is also known as like a quarterback guru so yeah but but he's still 40 he's still 42 and like to go honestly direction buddy this is his team he's going to run the team (laughs) To, to go to, like, I guess the extreme of your point, Brendan, how you said the Buccaneers aren't built for Tom Brady, No, nothing's built for Tom Brady anymore. There's nowhere, there's nowhere you can succeed, I feel like. Everybody, like you said before, everybody's miles above him. He's been being outplayed by Drew Brees, by Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like him being immobile is just, like, yeah, he's a great passer. I think he, he still will be throughout his career, but with a with an awful offensive line and how immobile he is, he just can't, I don't think he can go anywhere in the NFL. I think, I think he'll struggle wherever he goes. The NFL just, it doesn't have it. I think it just doesn't have space anymore for people like Tom Brady, where you, you can't just sit in the pocket anymore. You have his to be mobile. Sucks. You have to be able to move, but like, I feel like his arm maybe will be there a little bit, but there's nothing else he can rely on where in the NFL, you have to be able to rely on both. You have to be like a dual threat. To succeed in the NFL, that's why pe- that's why we see people like Patrick Mahomes succeeding because he can run, he can throw, he can just do anything. Where you just can't be a dedicated pocket passer anymore and succeed. You hit that on the head, except for one thing: is his arm and his passing. I think Tom Brady's arm is is failing him. There were a lot of times last year where he underthrew wide open receivers on a, on a short little twelve or fifteen uh, yard screen pass. I think his arm is is almost completely gone, and I think the only reason why the Patriots were somewhat successful with him uh, under center last year were, was because of Bill Belichick and because of the system that's implemented in New England. This is what Tom Brady's trying to do, and it's. It's so obvious. He wants to prove that he was responsible for the Patriots' successes in the past 20 years. And the only way that he's going to do that is to go elsewhere and have a different coach. It's without Bill Belichick. This is my this is my theory, and I think it's going to come true. He is going to fail in Tampa Bay. They're going to miss the playoffs. There's no chance they make the playoffs. Absolutely no chance they make the playoffs. His numbers are going to be terrible. I think the Patriots are going to figure it out. They lost a lot of key parts in the offseason. But mind you, greatest coach of all time, greatest front office of all time. The Patriots, year in and year out, figure it out with the lineup that they have. They're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. I'll be frank with you. They probably won't.
think they're going to be a wild card team in the AFC, then they probably won't go far. They might even lose in the first round again like they did this year, but they are going to be wildly more successful than the Buccaneers. Tom Brady's failed experiment is going to force him to retire, and that's going to be the end of Tom Brady. Forever remembered for leaving the Patriots and failing in Tampa Bay. I wouldn't say forever remembered for that. I, like about his arm, I just meant that's the only part of this game that he can kind of keep and bring to Tampa Bay because he has he has nothing left. Is basically what I mean. I mean that's like the only decent aspect about him as a player, and it's still very subpar. Is yeah. what I meant. Not 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 that his throwing is good because if his throwing was good, we would not have lost in the in the first round of the playoffs. And well, I, I, I believe that. You want to talk about his arm? Am I the only person who thinks that his last? pass attempt as a Patriot, like that interception could have been avoided. Like, like I, I don't like that seemed like a bad throw to me. So I even saw a lot of those last year, bad throws. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then talking about the, the Patriots and them figuring it out, do you think if they sign Cam Newton, they will be able to get him to figure it out and have him be back to his MVP form. And then if they do sign Cam Newton and they give him one more receiver like literally just one kind of deep threat guy like someone kind of similar to like the way chris hogan played in that like one or two years that he was decent like do you think they're a super bowl contender then because their defense really only lost van Noy, james danny shelton yeah yeah but jamie collins didn't play a lot of snaps last year actually Harmon was kind of i think I think it'd be very difficult to ever get Cam Newton back to that point. But I think, it, I don't think it would be possible, but I think they'd be definitely a better playoff team, or not a playoff team, but a playoff contender with Cam Newton as opposed to Tom Brady. Because like, I kind of like I said before, I fully think really? Cam Newton, no, no, no. I agree that there would be a playoff oh. contender. I think it's fully capable for Cam Newton to return to MVP form. The Panthers offense offense in 2015 was a fluke. It was 100% a fluke. Name me an offensive weapon that that team had. Ted Ginn, uh, other than Christian McCaffrey, other than Christian McCaffrey. No, Christian Regals. wasn't on that team. 2015 Cam. Oh, 2015, 2015 Cam. No, they, they did not have Regals. anyone. Cam, Cam was Jonathan Stewart, uh, Mike Tom. Was it Mike Tomlin? Didn't they have Mike? Wait, no. What's his last name? Was it Mike? No, Mike Smith. No, Jesus. No. Steve Smith. Tomlin was Steve Smith. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Not, not Mike Smith, Steve Smith. They had him uh, out here, right? And oh, then he, then he tw- on, on the Ravens. Oh my god, he was on the Ravens back then. Yeah, I thought I knew they had Steve Smith for like a few seasons. End of his career, yeah. I, I, their starting running back was Jonathan Stewart, who rushed for 989 yards, had six touchdowns. Um, and then Corey Brown and Ted Ginn were their two top receivers, neither one had more than 740 yards. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Well, they also had Greg Olson, Greg Olson. Uh, had 1,100 receiving yards. Yeah, he was their only offensive weapon. It's the same. That offense was a fluke. But it reminds me of the Patriots. Not a lot of offensive weapons. If you get Cam Newton into the Patriots system now, they're going to have to change the offensive playbook. And that's just a head. Not Greg Olson. Cam Newton's a head case. Just throwing that out there. He's a head case. I don't think he's that much of a head case. I don't think think he's a head case. I don't like what he would do to the locker room. I don't think Bill would like what he would do to the locker room. I don't think think Bill would put up with this shit. 
I, I have two words for you. He's, he's self-centered. He's a self-centered Randy piece of shit. Moss. Moss. Randy Moss. Straight cash, homie. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. You remember how... Straight cash. Straight cash, homie. Do you remember what his reputation was when he was out in Oakland before he ended up with I was um, like the Patriots? Uh, remember when he played for the Vikings in the late 90s and the early 2000s and he would moon people? On when I was three years yeah. old when this all happened. You were born you know, in the 90s? Seen yeah, the bro. Clips. 93. Seen the clips. Okay. Oh, so, like, we know what he was like. And Belichick that. still took the chance on him, right? And he's he, a receiver. He's and, not like, and, a quarterback is a huge key to this team. Okay. <laughs> we've had we've had one quarterback for 20 years, okay? One quarterback for 20 years. Bill Belichick hasn't had to deal with the struggle of having a new quarterback in the lineup. He had Matt Castle when Brady tore his ACL in 08, all right? Matt Castle. He's a backup. He had no reputation. Randy Moss was a receiver. It's like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was an even bigger head case than Randy Moss was. But Mm -hmm. what did he do? He got rid of him because it wasn't going to work. He got accused of rape and shit went downhill from there. Now, when you signed Cam Newton, if you signed Cam Newton, Cam Newton's Cam not Newton's a, a heck oh. is an Antonio Brown. I understand that. But as a <laughs> I don't agree with you at all whatsoever. Getting this head kick stuff from. <laughs> Look at him. Watch the way he plays. He goes and he runs. He's a mobile quarterback that doesn't fit the Patriots. No, that doesn't make the Patriots are a simple game. team. In case, he wouldn't even fit with us. There's not a shot in hell he would fit with the Patriots. Mark Jackson a head case. Because no, Lamar Jackson can throw a football too. Jackson's the same player. Not at all. Lamar Jackson's not faster, at all. But not at all. Runs around the field and scores touchdowns. Lamar Jackson's—he's like Michael Vick. Michael Vick is a god. Michael Vick is one of the best mobile throwing, best one of the quarterbacks of all time. I would rather have Michael Vick than any other quarterback except for Tom Brady. Believe me, I can't do it. He was dog fighting. He got arrested. I don't care what he was doing. That he was like my head case. Wow, I don't even know what you're saying I anymore. Go, buddy, I have to go. Buddy. This has been wonderful. Y'all have fun. Joining us. Fonzie, buddy, what you just said is ridiculous. First of all, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. First of all, no, you shut up. This is my show. You shut up. First of all, first of all, first of all, I don't want to see those shrugs anymore. You said Bill Belichick has had the same quarterback for 20 years. Did this come as a shock to him? Really? You want to go there? You want to say that Bill Belichick didn't think that Brady was leaving? Newsflash for you. He tried to trade Brady three years ago. (laughs) He is ready for life without Tom Brady in New England. For three years, he's already planned it out. He obviously had the plan in his mind when he tried to trade him to the 49ers. This is nothing new to him. He would have still had Garoppolo then. Garoppolo was built for our system. Perfect. Yeah, but Garoppolo's gone, so you got to deal. What does Bill Belichick do? He deals season in and season out. Cam Newton would be the perfect quarterback to come into the Patriots right now. Someone looking to rebound his career after his old team gave up on him and gave the starting job to a backup. This is the perfect opportunity for Cam Cam Newton to rebound his career. Cam Brown. This is also the perfect opportunity for the Patriots to stay afloat for a few years while they're in this transitional period where everyone's going to leave the team because Tom Brady leaves. This is the perfect opportunity. I don't understand why you're saying Cam Newton's a head case. Like, give me facts. Present me something that shows me that Cam Newton's a head case other than he runs around the field, scores touchdowns and celebrates because that's every quarterback in the league now. 
That's 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 literally the definition of Lamar Jackson. I think Cam Newton's a great guy. I don't know if you've ever watched NFL mic'd up before, but Cam Newton is a great guy. He would give the touchdown ball to a kid in the stands after every touchdown. And most of the times it was one of the make a wish kids. Every single touchdown, even if he didn't score it, he would get the ball and give it to the kid. He does multiple charities in the in the Carolina area, even though he's not on the team anymore. He was cut and he's still out in the community helping with the. Was he cut or was he just sat? No, he, he's been, he's officially off the Panthers roster now. Oh, recently, he did a yeah, Mr. Beast video. Season. He did a yeah. Mr. Beast video too. Oh, never mind. He's on my team now. <laughs> Listen, is the perfect candidate to come to the Patriots. They're going to have to change the system, but I mean, what system? Like different systems. We had the People, Tom Brady system. He could do it all. Of course, Cam Newton can do it all too. Tom Brady couldn't do it all for the past three I, years. I, Tell me Cam Newton can't do what Tom Brady did last year because it wasn't much. What oh, no, he- last year's different. Last. last year's completely different. Tom Brady had the worst season of his career. Okay, so what, 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 we have to start from that. This is where we are now. The Patriots lost in the wild card. How are we going to get better next year? We're not saying, oh, the Patriots. We broke them within. Years. How do we get back to greatness for the next 20 years? We have, we have, this is what we have right now. We lost in the wild card to the Titans. You lost your starting quarterback. You lost some of your core defensive pieces. Your offensive line coach retired. Your head coach is getting old and probably looking to retire in the next few years. You don't have a quarterback right now. You don't have a set offense right now. This is where we're at. How are we going to build back to where we were the past 20 years? It starts with the quarterback and it starts with Cam Newton. I That's say- all I have to say. I say you build from within. I respect everything you say, all right? I respect Jared Stidham is going to be our starting quarterback. Not at the beginning of the season, all right? You let him practice. You let him grow. You let him get the experience in the preseason, all right? You let Stidham grow. Halfway through the season, he's going to start. It doesn't matter what our record is. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't make the playoffs this year, given that's a slim chance. I say we do make the playoffs as a wild card team. But I say we grow from within. I feel like we did it with Bledsoe. We, we drafted Bledsoe with the in the draft. So what? He got hurt. Who we put him? We put in the quarterback who sat behind Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe was a good quarterback. He wasn't God, but he was a good quarterback. Now you have Jared Stidham. What? Tom Brady is a one in a million like that will never happen again where a sixth round pick comes off the bench and is the greatest quarterback of all time. We can't pray for another Tom Brady and Jared Stidham because it's not going to happen. Okay, no, nothing's ever going to happen like that ever again. I I 100% agree with that. But all you need is a quarterback who can put the football in the right place, who can make the right calls, and who can just listen to Bill fucking Belichick. That's all it takes is to listen to the greatest coach of all time. He changes everything about the Patriots, without a doubt. If we didn't have Belichick, I'm not sure Brady would be as good as he ever was. I still think Belichick was a majority of how good Brady was. He he found a way to mold Brady into any sort of system he could possibly mold him into. I just don't see Cam Newton in that spot, being able to mold all like this far into, what's he in the league, nine years? Is this his ninth season in the league? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think Kim is. I think Matt. I think you're kind of contradicting Brendan's point because you said that Bill Belichick could mold Tom Brady into this into any system he wanted. So why, if, if Bill Belichick changes the system, why wouldn't he be able to to mold Cam Newton into that? Because Cam yeah. Newton's been in the league for nine years, running under one system so? under a shitty coach. Okay. So? Terrible if you, if they can, I feel like if with they his skill set, he can't mold into all the different systems to play the different defensive schemes that other teams have. But so the Patriots we can win don't have a set system anymore. We, the, the playbook has but been thrown out. You need the quarterback out. to be able to run through the system. 
But whatever no system, system, whatever system you plan on running, there is no system. They're going to build the system around Cam Newton. If you build a system around Cam Newton def defense, teams are going to figure that out. Tom Brady could do they literally figured out the Ravens yet, and they're doing it. They will figure out the Ravens. Give it a year. They're going to figure okay, out. Well, the they made it through one year pretty swiftly. So why can't we? <laughs> Never mind. I'm done with this. Okay, good. I'm glad you are, because that was the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. Let them take my flesh if it means I feed the nation. Let me kick my feet up and admire my creation. School of hard knocks, pay my dues and graduate. Come a long way from hopping fences at the station. Pull up my entrance, like my exit. I just came to show face. Wins and losses made me humble, but I'm falling from grace. No more talking about the action when you're running in place. We made something out of nothing, just a regular day. We made something out of nothing.